This is Glenn Crooks on Frame. One of the great pleasures for me during my six years of radio commentary with New York City FC is to spend time with each coach prior to the match, which becomes part of our pregame show on the radio. Some of our conversations off mic and off the record, and then certainly others on record. First, it was Jason Christ, the expansion season 2015. Jason a little reluctant at first, but once you gained his trust, it was all fine. Then Patrick Vieira. Here's this big guy, bigger than life, but instead of intimidating uh, with that enormous presence, always generous and thoughtful and insightful. And same for Dome Tehran, although like Patrick, uh, neither one of them really understood all this close media presence. It's not that way in Europe. For instance, we're at training, which never happens in Europe. And then we're in the coach's office before the match for our briefings. But I, I really think Patrick and Dome came to really enjoy it. And now it's Ronnie Dyla, who has been ultra cooperative, easy to speak with, open to any question in uh, this his uh, surreal first year as an MLS coach. And I've often urged supporters, coaches, fans of the game to listen into the pregame, even if you're going to watch it on TV. And I understand that. But the pregame's on 15 minutes before kickoff, and, and Ronnie has offered a lot of good soccer content this year. Uh, he's got a great soccer brain, and as we've learned, he's not swayed by outside opinions. New York City and Dyla preparing for the MLS playoffs, a knockout match this Saturday in Orlando City. So as a lead in this week on frame, I've got a five-part series to get you ready with the uh, very original title, The Best of Ronnie Dyla. Now we're going to kick off with his very first interview outside of the club website when he arrived. His first taste of America out on the West Coast for preseason. Preparing first for San Carlos and the CONCACAF Champions League prior to the MLS regular season. So here's a pre-pandemic exclusive with Ronnie Dyla from January the 30th, 2020, talking about his family, his philosophy, his time at Celtic, and his promise to shed some clothes if the team can loft the trophy. Well, Ronnie Dyla, I want to welcome you to New York City, although... You haven't really been able to spend much time there, but you just said before uh, we started the recording here, Santa Barbara, not bad, huh? I fantastic. It's been uh, very good so far. So, but uh, I bet it's going to be very good to come to New York as well. So uh, I've only been there for three days so far, but um, it's going to be a lot in the future. So, uh, Ronnie, a, a lot of uh, supporters and, and those interested in the club and MLS will listen to this. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about your family? I mean, who's who's coming over with you? It's uh, I have three kids, uh, and two of them uh, they have twins. They are 20 years old. They are uh, professional handball players in uh, Norway, so they're going to stay there. And then I have a, uh, a girlfriend partner uh, who is coming. Uh, together we have a three-year-old year uh, girl as well. So we're going to be three uh, people uh, living in New York. Wow, handball is that the is that more the the national sport of Norway than than soccer? No, it's not. But uh, <clears throat> the women are very very good uh, in in handball and football. So we are better with girls than with, with uh, men in in Norway. So the team in the handball team for Norway is. I've been the best team in the last 15 years in the world. Wow. 
All right, well, let's get back to the soccer. Uh, the club, New York City FC, you were contacted just before Christmas, so this all has happened quite quickly. Um, could you just tell us a little bit how you were familiar with the club and they were familiar with you? When did that uh, relationship begin? I have had a relationship with the, <clears throat> with the City family for a long time because I had a, I've had a lot of uh, loan players uh from them uh when i was in celtic also in strömskots the first club i was in and uh and i've been visiting many times so the relationship i've been there for a long time and um uh the contact with uh, new york was uh you know was uh starting through my agent uh, around christmas and then um they asked for through him if i was interested and uh, and this club is something i've been interested in for a long time uh, and also the league. So um, when the chance was coming, it was uh, was an easy choice for me. Yeah, it's the, the tendency is to always ask somebody coming from Europe, you know, about MLS. So you you followed the league mostly New York City because of the City Football Group, or just the league in general? Well, because of uh, New York City Football Group, uh, of course, a little bit. But uh, I had also I've had uh, many players in the MLS uh, that I coached before. Norwin Diamanda in uh, FC LAFC. I have uh, Ula Kamara for many years in Norway before he go out, and he's in Washington now. I had Adam Larsen Karase, the goalkeeper. Uh, I don't remember where it was, uh, but he he won the won the whole championship here. Uh, Mohamed Abu I had. I had a lot of Juenke uh, Berge who was in New York. So I had a lot of players that I followed in the, in the league. Well, we're with uh, Ronnie Dyla, the new uh, New York City FC head coach. And uh, so you got hired five days. I think I got that right. Five days before the start of preseason. So that's a that's a pretty quick transition. So how has that been for you? I, it was a good I come in the preseason and not after the preseason. So I think, um, you know, football goes so quick when things happening is happening. And uh, I've uh, experienced as many times. So. But um, I think uh, we're getting into a good start. And um, it was a little bit hard because we had two tough games uh, just the first week. Um, we had to manage that. But um, we'll get through it without any major injuries. And uh, now we've been training for eight, nine days here now in uh, Santa Barbara. So I think we're in a good, a good place. And we start to get to know each other, the staff, the players, the me, and also the people working in the club as well. That's nice. Uh, I, I think one thing uh, that might have made it a little bit more difficult, and I'm sure you you can't wait till they arrive. A couple of uh, your staff is still missing. Nick Cushing, who uh, got one more game left with uh, the Manchester City women on the weekend, and then he'll be joining you. That must have have added a little bit to the challenge of getting the the everything you need to get done. Yes, but I think uh, <clears throat> the staff from before has been uh, very very good and very very. Happy to see the, all the skills and knowledge they have about the game and about the league as well. So and the players. So uh, Medi, uh, Dan, Rob uh, had been uh, together with me all the time. Um, so I think we, you know, I think we had uh, we had a good start and also we had a, uh, a good medical and uh, physical staff as well. So we, we were looking forward to. The others are arriving, but uh, at the same time, uh, I think we are in a good place right now. 
It's it's really an interesting blend, your staff, Ronnie. I mean, oftentimes, uh, you know, a head coach will you know, bring in a lot of his own, and you're uh, you're really going to be working with people you've never worked with before. And and the blend is you've got Mehdi, who's played in the league. You've got uh, Rob, who's been the keeper coach from the start. Then you've got Nick Cushing coming in. Uh, it's an interesting blend. It is. It is. I think it's important. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's easy if I come in with, with four or five Norwegian or whatever that has been. It will be like the the people I worked there for a long time will try to get into my group. Uh, I don't think that's right. I think it's better that I'm coming to them and that I come with me my ideas, but at the same time, I have to adapt to what they have done as well. Uh, and it's been so much good work here before with the former coaches. So for me, it's important to have people that... Uh, knows the league and knows the way they play from before knows the players and and at the same time get in also a couple of people who can come with something different you get nick who has also been in the system for uh, Manchester city we've been around what they're doing yeah and i that you, you talked about learning from uh, from different people too and that seems to be something that, that has been very important for you i mean what i've read is that uh, in addition to visiting Man City, uh, you visited Barcelona, Ajax, Dortmund. Uh, so uh, you've you've really kind of sought out out different opinions. It would seem. Yes, <clears throat> I think you. If you, if you think you know everything about football, you're not. Uh, you don't do that. You are finished. You have to all. Well, it's evolving so quick football. So you need to always be out there looking for what's happening and uh, and knows exactly what's. Uh, what the best one are doing, and that's also a very good uh, opportunity here when you have uh, when you are together with uh, with the city group, you you can get uh, knowledge uh, from one of the best clubs in the world, and that's um, that's something we have to take advantage of. Well, let's get into your philosophy a little bit, uh, and uh, the the thing that stood out for me your uh, your first interview with the club. Uh, you said something to the effect that if you had a choice, you'd rather win 5-4 than 1-0. So, uh, which I think, uh, as Gary Mackay Stephen put it last week when we were chatting, that was uh, music to the ears of the players who generally enjoy attacking football. So is that, uh, is, is that safe to say that you're really going to push forward? Yes, we want to have the ball as much as possible, we are, but we need to be direct at the same time. So... One thing is to play, but you have to play with purpose. And uh, when you do that, you you create chances. And uh, our pressure has to be dynamic. So when we are in, uh, we are pushed opponent in their own half and uh, high up on the pitch. I think it's important that we are very good in transition, try to win the ball quick back again. And also we have to defend lower when when uh, good teams are playing us uh, lower in the pitch. We have to defend in a good way as well because good defending creates uh, safety at the same time also opportunities to break on them so i think uh, to 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 get the team to to break down break them down through good offensive play in the uh, in the established play is important but also good defense so we can take them unbalanced in uh, in counter attacking as well well I, I, the the pressing game which uh... Uh, we've read about is something you favor and you were just you know kind of describing some of the ways you might utilize that uh i'm sure i I don't know if you've ever been to yankee stadium for a game but i i'm I'm certain if you've watched games there and you've heard that it's a smaller pitch is that going to maybe work uh, to the advantage of how you want to play 
I think, uh, of course, when you have a smaller pitch, it's not so easy to get overloaded on the sides when you switch it. So I see the games from before is a lot of turnovers who lose and win the ball a lot. And uh, then it's important that uh, we use the right moments to keep the ball and the right moments to, to attack. And I think um, to play on the stadium uh, and the Yankee Stadium before has uh, given the team a lot of uh, points and uh, been a very good home uh, arena. And that's something we want to want to keep on doing. So, but. Uh, if I could choose, of course, uh, the pitch, uh, if they've been uh, wider, is uh, is more easy to to get a good uh, offensive play. Right. So it works a little bit on both sides. You know, it might be easier to press, but a, a little yes. bit more difficult to build. build. Uh, New York City head coach Ronnie Dyla, our guest. And uh, the uh, I, I want to go back to your, your Celtic experience, in particular a player uh, that uh, you helped develop, uh, Virgil van Dyke. Uh, you know, those who have observed, and I've talked to a couple of people, said that the, they especially thought he became a very good ball-playing center back at Celtic. And uh, I wonder, do you have an affinity for training central defenders since that's where you played yourself? Mm, I think... Uh... I think I were a little bit, when I played as a central defender, I was very into the offensive play. So with creating overload from behind. So we were in Norway, we were a little bit uh, in front of the time in that way when the team I played. And I think um, it's in today's football, uh, it's so important to have a central defender that can use the ball and can start to build up together with the goalkeeper. Uh, so Virgil was unbelievable good in that team. He has everything. That's why he's one of the best, maybe the best central defender in the world right now. So, well, we had also Jason Denayer at that time, and he's playing regularly every week now in Lyon. So, those two central defenders was uh, quality. Have you had a, well, you've obviously had time to spend uh, moments with uh, both uh, Maxime Cheneau, Alexander Collins, Sebastian Ibiaga. Uh, you've got a young homegrown Tavon Gray. What's your assessment of uh, your center back group? Good. I think they are really good, and uh, it's uh, very good for me to come to in, uh, into a, a group of players and a style of play who has been here for four or five years that they are used to play from behind. So for me, the job is going to be much more easy because of uh, there's in in their genes already. And uh, for me, and it's the details to work with the details in the in the play, and that that's much more fun than uh, it uh, deal with a. Uh, the basic things. Yeah, and it has to be nice that there's been, you know, a, a similar style of a play. I, I wonder, uh, you know, coming off um, uh, an Eastern Conference regular season championship, um, if if you feel any particular pressure coming in off of <clears throat> the most successful season in the club's history, it's a, it's a young history, but now the expectation will be, well, let's take the next step. Yes, of course, but... Uh... So far, the club hasn't won any trophies, and that's uh, that's of course something to eager after to to do that. And I think the players are thinking of it. But for me, it's important to talk with the players that what has happened last year was a lot of uh, was a really good season and a lot of good games. But that doesn't win win us anything this year. We have to start already 20th of February to focus on the next game. And uh, if we develop through the season, uh, we know we are a good team. We can. Uh, be uh, high up in the league and uh, and then it's coming a playoff after that and uh, 
is to manage those three types of games also going to be very important. So, yes, we're going to build on the good uh, performance that I had last year at the same time. Uh, nothing comes by itself. You have to start from zero again and take one time, uh, one game out of the time, and, uh, and that's uh, that's really important. Ronnie, I see. I, I see. I it's, so, it's also so close in the in the league. You know, with yeah. the, everybody has almost the same amount of money and all these things. Is so it's uh, it's the most competitive league that uh, is in the world, or almost so. So. Um, if you drop five percent, you you start losing games that you haven't done before, and if you get five percent better, you can win more games than we did last year. And, and I'm I'm uh, observing social media. I don't know if you're uh, do anything on Twitter, but uh, a lot of uh, supporters are talking about the four Vikings now. So that would be you from Norway. You got Alex Ring, Finland, Anton Tinnerholm, Sweden, and then you uh, recently signed uh, Goody Torianson. Uh, and so uh, you've got a bit of a Scandinavian feel to the team now for sure, but could, could you tell the supporters a little bit about uh, Goody? Uh, we've heard he's a left back. He's played in uh, center midfield. We've seen some highlights, but but what's your expectation of him? I, I, uh, I never coached him before, but uh, I've played against him uh, sometimes uh, with my team, so he, he done, did very, very good in Norway played in Rosenborg, the biggest team in Norway, was uh, successful there. And then he went to Sweden. And I've been very good there as well. So he's a very a player with very good uh, playing player understanding, uh, game understanding. He's uh, technically good, very good left foot. Um, he's a very good attitude, uh, nice boy. Uh, and he can play different positions. And he's a good singer at the same time. So a <laughs> lot of positive things. Has has so, he sung? Uh, has he sung yet in preseason? Uh, or no, he's yes. not there yet. Has, is he there? Uh, he's coming. He's coming. Okay. So hopefully we can uh, hear some uh, good songs from him. <laughs> okay. Hey, one final <laughs> thought. Uh, look, we've all seen this video of you running around near naked. Part of your commitment to uh, Strom's God said <laughs> uh, to the supporters of the 2009 season, avoiding relegation. Now, what happens if you win MLS Cup or Supporter Shield with New York City FC? Will you, will you make a public pledge to the New York City supporters? Yes, if if we win the win the playoff, then it's uh, there's something to celebrate. But I don't know, don't know. It's a beautiful sight. I don't know that. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, more fat than I was then, so then I have to work out a little bit. But uh, I'm. Well, I, want, uh, I will give something back then. I'm I'm sure. Well, this this will be encouragement for you to you know maybe get in the room a little bit and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... Ah, but uh, you know it's important to get a good relationship with the supporters for me, and that's that's you know the supporters supporters are so important for for me and for the players. You know, it's the twelfth man, um, and uh, I met them once, and. That was really, really good, and uh, really looking forward now to to build that relationship. And uh, I already promised that uh, if we win something, then uh, I need to throw off some clothes. Okay, uh, Ronnie <laughs> Dyla, New York City FC head coach, uh, here on Frame. Ronnie, uh, thank you so much, and 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 best of luck uh, on Friday against LAFC, and then uh, as you uh, come closer to that uh, Concacaf Champions League match. Thank you. Exactly three weeks after that interview, City would play in their first CONCACAF Champions League match. 
Eber with a hat trick and a 5-3 New York City triumph in Costa Rica. And then they advanced to the quarterfinals on aggregate after a tidy 1-0 win over San Carlos at Red Bull Arena, the home of their rivals, which eventually became the temporary home for New York City. Next for Dyla, his first MLS matches, the regular opener uh, at Columbus, March the 1st. Now here's Dyla, a guy who played in over 350 professional matches as a central defender, had to be looking on in dismay as one of his center backs, Maxime Cheneau, sent off just three minutes into Dyla's MLS debut. So uh, City lost that match 1-0 and then stayed on the road for match number two against MLS Cup finalist Toronto FC. Here was my pregame interview with the City coach ahead of New York City FC at Toronto FC from March the 7th, 2020. Uh, this is Glenn Crooks. We're back at the BMO Field where New York City is preparing to play Toronto FC, game two of the MLS season. Uh, game four overall for New York City FC. Uh, we want to welcome in the uh, first-year head coach, Ronnie Dyla. Ronnie, well, welcome to Toronto. Uh, have you been here before? Never. So, uh, nice, beautiful city. That it is. So, you're, uh, you're in the midst of this... Um, the schedule. Let's let's focus on MLS. You come off a game that was uh, a little interesting. Uh, you don't see that very often, where somebody gets sent off so early. I want. Have you ever experienced that early an exit for a player? Uh, I can't remember that now. So that was very early. So um, of course, put us on a, in a bad situation, uh, a tough situation. But I think we. We handled it good. I think we worked really hard and we, we stayed together for the whole game and we could have get something with us. But um, of course, when you work your socks off, to, off like they did and uh, don't get anything, then you get a little bit disappointed. Uh, and hopefully we can uh, get that energy out on the pitch today. Now, I know when you're preparing your team for the season, you, you work on situations where you're a man down or a man up. But uh, to, hap to happen so early, it's almost kind of a shock. Yeah, you can say that, but of course, a lot in the training is about uh, 10 v8, uh, 11 v9, or 11 v10. You know, to get more pressure on the back four and the two, and the midfield on the back uh, and the four four behind. So, so, but in the end, when you get so long time, um, it get uh, got too tough. So, but um, I was really pleased with the way the boys fight and and stay together out the, out the game. Yeah, difficult to analyze a game like that. But what? Uh, let's look at two sides of things. What are you? Um, what are you liking about your team so far? And then, what do you think uh, constructively still needs work? I think uh, if you take the three games we have played so far, we have created a lot of chances. Not so much in the weekend, of course, we're in the ten men. But uh, both two games against San Carlos was a lot of chances. I think especially the left side has uh, created a lot. Uh, Mitri and uh, Matas played good together. And I think we we conceded a lot of chances in the first game, but we get rid of that to, to the next game and uh, we're much more compact. I think we are good to react uh, on their half of the pitch, so we keep them under pressure when we we are in the last third. Um, and that's something going to be important in every game we play, because uh, we are best when we are at the ball. And uh, we also have some quick players that is, um, this is hard to, to beat when uh, when you play 1v1. So. So I think overall the, the team spirit, um, how we defend now, uh, high and low, that we and also the transition when we lose the ball. I think uh, in the attacking play we switch to play good, and 
double up on the sides. Um, so I think I think so far it's been been really good. But of course, needs to work uh, with the play from behind, uh, get overload. Um, need to work on uh, get more players inside the box. Need to keep discipline for 90 minutes. I think we can have the top level and suddenly we do things that I can't understand we do. So like uh, we need to just keep on working with the same things and then the players will be be safe in the roles and, and we will improve. You talked about the relationship between Matarita and Matritza. Is that uh, for you coming in new, even though this is a, a group of players returning, uh, so many of them, 23, is that something that you had to kind of learn about the team, which relationships work together on the field? Yeah, I think we we need to get that all over the pitch. That's a little bit uh, when we, we pick the team as well that we want to have consistency and thing. If you change the players all the time and new relation, then you will never uh, manage to build a, a foundation. And uh, and uh, but the players now, you know, keep injury free, train good, and then they play together as well. And then the the relationships will uh, inside the team will be better and better. So the the congested schedule, you've addressed that before. You've talked about four days off versus three days between games and how that's a a, a big adjustment. So it would seem to indicate that when you get into that period where there's only three days off or or maybe closer to two and a half after the CCL match on Wednesday, that there might be some rotation. Yeah, but again, we have a very good squad. So, so far nobody has let me down. I think we have um, had some good performances. And uh, if we keep on performing and people uh, take care of themselves uh, with injuries and also fitness-wise and restitution, then, uh, you know, you want to keep you keep playing because, uh, yes, it's uh, it's hard sometimes to play a lot against, but it's also very hard to not play. So, so keep on playing. It's, it's important and keep uh, keep um, structure and um, and uh, and uh, keep the relations going. It's it's going to be important, but it's going to be a changes, of course, when you, you play so many games like we do now. But uh, <laughs> when they done a good job last year, we are in that situation, so we have to be happy for that. I remember Alex Ring saying last year, players would rather play a game than train, so it was no problem for him. I I totally agree with him, and uh, as I said, I've been in. Uh, in Celtic before, and they play 60 games a year. It's not that traveling uh, to say that. It's a little more traveling here, but it's about what you do outside the pitch uh, and be very careful with yourself and be mentally and physically ready to, to everything coming up. But the strongest one, they keep uh, going uh, for 40, 50 games. That's no problem. Uh, one final thing about the lineup uh, with Maxime Chino red carded, suspended today. It seemed like you maybe had a couple of options to look at, whether you put Sebastian Ibiaga like for like in the back and leave Sands in the midfield, but you've chosen to go Sands at the back and Parks in the midfield. Yeah, I have done that. Um, I think uh, James has played really good in the midfield, um, but he can play centre back as well, and he's really good stepping forward with the ball. So I think we can get something uh, positive offensively, and also he he defend good as well. And and Ringi knows how to play number six. Keaton is uh, important that we get going. So it's a strong strong squad and a very st- strong lineup. All right, Ronnie. Thank you so much. Uh, good luck today. Thank you. You too. And by the end of it, Ifu Achara scoring his first professional goal in his first professional match for the Reds, and New York City dropping to zero and two in the MLS regular year. Four days later, the first leg of the CCL quarterfinals and Tigres, the opponent, Eduardo Vargas, his goal in stoppage time gave Tigres the 1-0 victory. In the media room following the match, there was a buzz. 
Someone spotted on social media that the NBA was suspending its season due to COVID-19. This is March the 11th. Soon thereafter, this announcement from Major League Soccer. MLS has suspended match play for 30 days effective immediately as the league continues to assess the impact of COVID-19 with its medical task force and public health officials. At the appropriate time, the league and clubs will communicate plans for the continuation of the 2020 season and update the status of league events. Little did Ronnie Dyla know, but he would have to wait over four months for his first MLS win. This has been the best of Ronnie Dyla. Five parts this week ahead of the playoff match in Orlando City on Saturday with the first-year head coach of New York City FC. This is Glenn Crooks on Frame.